obedience they got more than just conversion out of obedience they got the Holy Ghost the, the baptism of the Holy Ghost out of obedience it takes obedience it takes pursuit it takes passion to be baptized in the spirit conversion when you get born again that is it's like having a drink yeah watch me have this drink because I'm first anyway so I'm going to drink this drink it's internal it's gone inside of my body it's a part of me I'm walking over here now that water I've just drunk is a part of me when you get born again we're given the Holy Spirit he's a part of us is a down payment yeah that part of the presence of God dwells in us God in us God indwelling in us but being baptized in the spirit is different it's like me deciding I want to dive into a pool of water recently we had baptisms didn't we we had baptism we had Nina Ope Shanika Sophia um, Harry Caravere all got baptized what happened when they went under the water they came up saturated soaked didn't they soaked because they had made that decision they're going to go under we have to make the decision whether we are going to go fully submerged emerge into the things of god it's your choice it's my choice there's no point in looking at preachers and think you're anointed you're so blessed you're so anointed those anointed preachers and preachers that you're looking up to they've got the same 24 hours that you have in the day no one king pauper black white can get into tomorrow before anyone else no one can have more of today than anyone else can they none of us can we have to decide the times that we are living in we have to decide i want to be fully submerged i want to be fully submerged and god in his awesome wonder and mercy for us he wants us to be vessels that are walking with the living god not just doing things for god god wants to walk with you not, it's not all about doing things for God. I do this for God, I do that for God. God wants you to do things with him. He wants you to understand you can come as you are. You can compel others to come as you are. But don't stay as you are. You don't have to stay as you are. It doesn't matter what situation that you are in. You come as you are. I was talking to one of our young people recently and they were telling me about their friend that has had so much just different things going on they don't know they're boy or girl and they've started the treatment to change gender to change and I said to them invite them to church invite them to church tell them to come here to this church and you might think well, what, what, what are you going to say we are going to tell them you are invited come because all is ready God said come all, all are welcome black, white, confused, mix up everybody's welcome and then the spirit of God can do what he needs to do come as you are but don't stay as you are because where the spirit of God is there's liberty there's freedom there's freedom for all of us all of us you're right, Anna. A new testimony. There's freedom for us. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I saw penitence before God. And I'm repentant for all my sin. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And everything that I've done. And now I'm fresh and new. And you're free. And I'm, I'm, I'm a true believer in Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Anna. Bless her. Bless her. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. So we need to be a people that realize what we carry. Jesus comes as an example. Jesus lived physically. And then he said, I'm going away and I'm going to live through you spiritually. But you know what he said also? I'm going to leave my body. We are the body of Christ. So we're not on our own. Just like Jesus was physically here in body, he still left his body in you and corporately. As the body of believers, we're supposed to help one another through this journey. 
Just like when Christ was here in the flesh, he was here in the flesh and he had the Spirit of God in him. We now have the Spirit of God in us and we are all here in the flesh for one another. Do you understand that? The body of Christ. Jesus was the example and he said, it's to your advantage that I go away because he was just one man. He just had one, one flesh. He couldn't be everywhere at the same time. But now the Spirit is without measure. The Spirit has been multiplied and we walk through life together as the body of Christ together. So that's what we've been talking about as a church. We went through some of the Gospels. Yes, this is how Jesus did life. Then he said, okay, tarry. Then I'm going to live inside of you. Christ in us. I just want to look at a few scriptures. Of course, we always have to have the word of God. That's where the authority is. That's where the anointing is. People can really, you know, be very articulate and they can be oracles of God and speak, you know, eloquently. But the authority is in the word. The authority is in the word. As God has been training me over the decades, I used to think, oh gosh, you know, my accent, oh, it's, a, it's a bit of a cockney accent. I, I can't really, do you know what I mean? What am I supposed to do? I, I don't know if I can talk for you. God takes everything about us everything that you are the way you look the color of your hair your accent where you live the place that you live it's already been written god wants you to be yourself people be yourself walk in the fullness of who you are what you carry how you can impact those around you no one else can impact them people don't say well god is god he can do anything and someone else will do it what about you he wants you to do it what is he putting you what is he putting you for that person next to you for your family, for your colleagues, for your friends. We are ambassadors. That's what we've been looking into. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Inside of us now, ambassadors, representatives of God. We are to represent the living God. And as we represent God and all that he is, we can be used to mightily change those around us. Don't be looking at the whole world or the world is just in turmoil and the world. None of this is a surprise to God. God's interested in what you're doing with the sphere of influence that you've got around you. That's your world. Don't be looking at the world on a whole. This world's so big and this is happening in that country and in this country. God is interested in what's happening in your world. The world that you live in on a daily basis. It starts in the home. Actually, sorry. It starts in your thoughts. It starts with you. How do you think about yourself? What do you rehearse in your mind about yourself? Are you a terrorist to yourself? Are you a taskmaster? Do you free yourself to be yourself? Are you too fat? Are you too small? Are you too old? Are you too white? Are you too black? Your hair's too straight? It's too curly? How do you talk about yourself? Oh, I'm not the man I'm supposed to be. I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I'm never going to have enough education. I'm How do you rehearse life to yourself? That's where it starts. It starts with yourself. Then it starts with those around you who you live with. Don't be having this great big love ministry that you want to take out into the world or whatever and you neglect those that are around you, the people that are around you. That's our training ground. That's where God has placed every single one of us. How do we love one another? Who's got a pound coin that they can just take out of their pocket and just give it to me? I just want to demonstrate something. God expects us to listen to him. Jesus said, those that listen to me, they're the ones that love me. Those that listen and obey, they are the ones that love me. And he said, I give a new commandment. It's a fresh, thank you. That's my beautiful husband. It's a fresh new commandment. So this pound coin, there's two sides to this coin. Just like there's two sides to what God wants us to do. God has called us to love him more than anything else. With all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. Love the Lord your God. In doing that, you will fulfill all of the law and the prophets. Everything will be fulfilled. And the second is like it. That's the other side of the coin. Love one another. 
as I have loved you. Love one another. A lot of us just want the first side. It's, it's the cross, it's like this, it's diagonal. I love God and, and we want to be in this, this area. I love God, I worship God, I do anything for God, God, God. But this, this area, our relationships with one another, we're not quite sure about them. No, 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 keep your distance. I'll come to church, I'll do a few things, but I don't want to get too involved. That isn't what Jesus is about. Jesus is about loving him and then allowing us to allow him to love each other through us. We must love one another. We must do that, and a lot of us find that too difficult. But sometimes we just don't see the simplicity of it, that Christ is in us, the hope of glory, not just for us. The gifts in us are for, who are they for? One another. The gift that I've got in me now, I'm giving it to you. There's no point in me sitting at home preaching to myself, is there? The gifts in you are for me. What you carry is for me, it's for the next person. We must give away what God has given us. God has been faithful and true and he's been patient with us. He's been watching over our lives, all the crooked places he made straight, all those situations that we generated around us and he's, he's made it right. He's made it right. To be righteous with God, none of us can do. Only by the power of the Holy Spirit can he make us right with him. That word righteousness, sometimes it's just too holy for people to grapple with and, and get their head round. The word righteousness, it means when God himself took it upon himself to make you right with him. You are right with God. Many people have got that saying, yeah, I'll make her right, I'll make him right. What does that mean? That means, yeah, what they're saying, what they're doing is right. God has made you righteous. You can't make yourself righteous. God has made you righteous. God came down to pursue you, to pursue you. I say to God sometimes, Lord, yeah, I'm, I am so grateful that you're God and I'm not. Because I'm like, Lord, it's, it's like, Lord, are you trying to, why are you trying to beg your people to love you or to, to serve you? Or to, and he, he showed me, he showed me a picture of a park. If we was in a park, and there's like, obviously it's summertime, lots of children in the park. And from our window upstairs, we can see into the park and the children playing. If you are in that park with one of your children, grandchildren, your godchild, your niece, your nephew, and something happens all of a sudden, and everyone starts running, who do you look for straight away? The child you're with, don't you? There might be a hundred other children there, 50 children there, but you want that child that is touched your heart, that is engrowned in your life. That is the child. And the Lord said to me, that's how I feel about my children, wherever they are, whatever happens, they are the ones that I go for. I am the one that I leave the 99 and I'll go for the one. I'll go for them. So be patient, Kelly, as I am patient with my children. Because I used to say to them, you've got weird kids. They're weird, man. They are weird. But the Lord says, just so I love it. I love it. I love it because that's how he made us, diverse. Look around you, look now, look around you. Look at, look at the different colors, shapes, sizes, cultures. God loves it, he loves diversity. God made us, all of us. He made every single one of us. We was in the prayer room upstairs last week. And I was thinking, what's the time? Nobody's here, what, no one here? And it was just me, me. And then all of a sudden, Jackie came. Just me and, and Jackie, and we started praying. And as we were praying, I looked out the window and I saw a Muslim lady walk past. And the Spirit of God just came upstairs in the prayer room and just engulfed us. And we cried out to him. And his passion and his love hit us for his passion for the Muslim people. How he loves them. How he's yearning for them. How he's pursuing them. How he has a heart for them. And I'm telling you, when he pours out his Spirit, they are ripe and ready. They are ripe and ready for the harvest because they are seekers of truth. They are seeking the truth and the Lord said, they will find me. 
They are seeking truth and they will find me. So when you look at a Muslim person, we have these um, stereotypes in our heads that we get from the news and from one another. We stereotype and we think, oh gosh, the Muslim terrorists and all of these things that we think. God, God is hiding some of them. He's hiding some of them. He's just waiting. When he is ready, none of us can bring revival. Who can bring revival here? Who can, who can revive a person's heart? Who can look into the heart of a man and a woman and give them new life? None of us. Only the spirit of the living God. And when he is ready, he will do what he needs to do in this world. In the meantime, love him with all your heart. Love one another. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man or woman being Christ is a new creation, new creation, old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. In, I like the Living Translation. It says, when someone becomes a Christian... He becomes a brand new person inside. He's not the same anymore. A new life has begun. He's not the same anymore inside. Outside, nothing changes. Nothing changes in your flesh. You still have the same challenges. You've still got to reap a lot of the things that you've sown. And it's a journey and the Lord wants you to understand. This is a journey. We want to fix people. We want to say, okay, I've got what it takes to fix you. We're always trying to fix, fix, fix people. God is he's not, he's not looking to fix people. He's looking to love people. To get them into a situation where they are loved. Because when you know you're loved, you are free. You are free. Fear has to go. When you're not afraid, you will do whatever you need to do. You won't care what people think. When you're not afraid... You won't care what people think. You'll just be free. Think of all the things you don't do because you're afraid. That you won't say or you won't go. Or you just can't bring up a conversation like that. Or you're in a certain group of people and you won't speak out because you're like, oh, I don't know what they're going to think of me. Or whatever. But when you're not afraid, you will do and be who you're supposed to be. Isn't that correct? There's freedom in love. So God wants people to come and let them know, I am a God of love. I'm a God that can change things. So yeah, you get born again inside. A new life begins inside. You become alive to God again. The whole goal of Jesus coming, the whole focus of him coming is to get us back to where Adam once was. Back in communion with God. God is trying to get us back to Genesis 1. He's trying to get us back. Listen, I, God is saying, I want all of my people whole and free, walking with me and me walking with them in freedom. That is God's goal. That Christ be formed in us. God said, teach the people that, that I want my son formed in them. Teach them that. That is the goal of God's heart. That I want my son in them and then to be formed in them. Because then they can become all that God has destined for us to become. Fully surrendered, fully submerged in the things of the living God. Acts 17 verse 28. It says, in him we live and move and have our being. I've loved that scripture for so long. But it's only really recently that I've really looked into that chapter and studied it and looked. And, and when Paul was actually talking, he was talking to the people... And he was saying to them, listen, you've got an inscription up there saying that you worship this, there's an unknown God. So he comes to reveal to them that I'm going to tell you about this unknown God. He's the living God. And what he quotes there by saying, you know, in him we live and move and have our being, it was kind of like the equivalent of today, you know, like um, the Nike tick, just do it. He was using something that was so relevant to them in the day from their poets, this is something that their poets used to use, and he was using them to show them in a really, 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 beautiful anointed clever way this is how stupid you are yeah this is how stupid you are so he used that 
to say to them, listen, in him we live and move and have our being. He was saying, I'm doing that with the living God, the living hope. I love this scripture. So in order for us to live like that, in him we live and move and have our being. We have to be completely submerged with God. We have to choose that life. You don't wake up every day and just decide, okay, God, a Christian said to me recently, if God wants it, it will happen. I was like, no, it won't. It won't happen if God wants it. What, you think you have no part to play in it? So, um, So you go to school, you go to university, you go to college, and if they want to give you your degree at the end, they will. No. You have to you have to arrive on time. You have to do the assignments. Yeah? You have to go to the exams. You have to do all of those things. You have to co-labor with the person or the situation that you're in to get what you want. God wants us to co-labor with him. How many of us have been driving along and you see somebody, a car in front of you, you see that it has either got no brake lights or one brake light, and you get an opportunity to pull us alongside. What do you say? You just tell them, don't you? You've only got one brake light. Or if you see someone with a flat tyre, you just say, oh, you're, I've, I was driving behind somebody once and I thought, this woman doesn't know her tyre's flat. And she really did it. She was so grateful. She was so thankful. Because that's just things that we do. Why do we do that? It's, it's a, we're warning them because something we know, possibly they can either get um, uh, stopped by the police and get some points on, on their licence or they could have an accident. We warn them. This is strangers. I don't know them. I'm never going to see them again. But you warn them. How is it that we have been saved and set free and we cannot warn those around us that you are going? You are going into destiny. You're going into a devil's hell without Christ. How, how is that? How is that? It's like the Titanic. I, I saw the Titanic and I thought, you know, when they had like, they didn't have enough lifeboats and so they're on the lifeboats and they've got the life jackets. And it's like being on the lifeboats with your life jackets, seeing the people drowning, thinking, hmm. You're splashing on me. Don't splash on me. Let alone I can't give you my life jacket. Let alone I can't help you in the boat. This is how we live as Christians. This is how we live as Christians. We don't realise. Hold on a minute. We can say that we can warn people of these little menial things. But they are not aware unless we tell them. How did you come into the kingdom, people? You came into the kingdom because of what someone told you. Because of what you was exposed to. What if you was never exposed to the gospel? What if you'd never heard the gospel? So let's be aware of that. The reality. That there is a heaven and there is a hell. Preachers don't want to preach that no more. People are going to hell. People are going to hell as we speak, as we're sitting here. People need to know the truth. They need to know the truth that God is inviting people. He said, I've prepared everything. Everything is ready. Come. Come because I've prepared. I want a relationship with you. But it's not just about them being a Christian. It's about their eternal destiny. We are going to live eternally somewhere. We are passing through here and it's going to be very quick. Look at your life. Look at the decades. Look how they've just gone. It doesn't matter how old or how young you are. Life is going quickly. And before we know it, if, if Christ doesn't, if he tarries, if he doesn't come either to take us in the rapture or, you know, sooner or later, we're going to be out of here. We're going, we're going to die sooner or later. We don't know if it's 17 and a half months we've got left, five years, two years. We don't know. There's an appointed day for all of us. But what we do know is we're alive today. We're right here in the moment together today. Don't be selfish for what you've got with what you've got. Don't be selfish. Don't hold what you've got. Don't become obesely spiritually blessed. You are so blessed. Why are you blessed? Why did God say he's going to bless Abraham? I will bless you so that you will be a blessing. I will bless you. I will anoint you. I will bless your family. I will bless your seed. 
so that you can go and bless others. God is in need of us. We are his spokespeople. We are his spokespeople. We are his ambassadors. We must speak on his behalf. We must persuade men and women that there is a living God and he's involved in your life and he loves you and he wants you and he's got the answers. I remember being in work once. So my background is uh, social work, um, learning disability nursing, advice and guidance for young people. So I've done, I've done quite a bit of things that God had ordained at the time, even though I was moaning, oh, I've got to do this, got to do that. Done it all because of, obviously, what God has called me to do now. <laughs> I remember being at one of my last workplaces and um, you, you, we know our colleagues, don't we? Every day that we see our colleagues and you know the slackers, the ones that are always late, the ones that ain't really, you know, they're just there for the money. They're not really, they haven't got a heart for what they're doing, but they're just there. There was one particular person that was like that. And he also liked to sleep on the job. And I just remember this day, the Lord reminded me of it yesterday. And I was chuckling, me and the Lord was just chuckling together. In my study yesterday. So he's sitting down uh, in his black, black chair and it was kind of like reclining a little bit he was asleep proper asleep like proper right all of a sudden i've looked up and i've seen the line manager come in and I, obviously i could have woke him up but you've got to have a bit of fun in work haven't you you've got to, yeah i thought i'd come i've got to be entertained a bit so as she comes as she comes yeah all of a sudden she stands with her hands on her hips right next to him and she's like excuse me am i interrupting you and he, he said, is it right it was it was it was hilarious it was just it was sweet it was beautiful it was, it was absolutely beautiful it was absolutely beautiful but the reality is yeah no one gets paid if he carried on doing that he's going to get sacked isn't he no one is going to get paid for that type of being that type of employee yeah god has god has employed us by the power of the holy spirit to go and be spokespeople what are we doing people god has employed us Go forth, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Tell people there's a better way to live. Tell people there is a God alive that can set you free, that can come into your situations. It doesn't matter what they look like on the outside. They need God, just like you did. We need to be a people that are not just interested in, oh, yes, I love you, God. Bless me, God. We need to take what God has given us and we need to give it away, don't we? We need to multiply that and give it to others because it is so important to God. And we need to tell people, yeah, you can come just as you are. It doesn't matter what you're facing, what you're challenged with. Because God has got the answer to everything that you're going through. Hallelujah. So we can't fix anybody, yeah? That's God's job. Our job is to let people know you belong even before you believe. What did Christ die for us while we were? Sinners. Christ's love was for us while we were still in darkness. We belonged even before we believed. Yeah? Do people not belong even before they believe? It's like we don't realise that. We, some, some Christians are so elitist. They, we think, okay, we are the greatest. No, you're not the greatest. God is the greatest, yeah? People, God loves people. God loves human beings. He loves human beings. Me and Carly watched something yesterday. And it was, the ministry was called um, Springs of Hope. And it was uh, this Jewish lady that just was compelled, even though her son had been just almost beaten to death, every bone in his body either broken or fractured, because that particular day, they just was going for an Israeli soldier and they wanted to, they wanted to kill him. And her son was just barely alive. And out of that, God just gave her a passion and a desire to go and help women 
that were in refugee camps that have just been part of the, you know, that they've been in cap captive by ISIS and they got free. And we heard this story of this man, he said, I, I've, he spent every part, part of his savings, every penny, he said, I'm going to help these Syrian women get set free. I'm going to give my life. He said, one of their tears is, is more precious than my life. And he had on his phone and he showed us that, that one of these women that was still in captivity refused, she just refused to just bow and she just wanted to get free and tried to escape. And they poisoned her children in front of her and watched her, made her watch them die. That's what they'd done in front of her. And it, it, it was like a thud in, inside of me. And we complain because I've been on the tube too long, it's too hot. <laughs> oh, I just can't cope, you know, I just, I just can't cope. I have to get up too early to go to work. Where, where, where are we living, people, in our minds? We live like kings and queens. Look, how, look what you've got on, look what you've got on. Some people still got clothes in, in their, in their um, cupboards, never even worn. Food, we've got food everywhere. Look at yourself, people. Look at yourself as I'm looking at myself. What am I doing with what God has given me? What are you doing with what God has given you? It's a time to look around you and really see people. Jesus wants you to see the one in front of you, the individual in front of you. We, we think too corporately, the masses. No, it's about the one. Jesus will leave the 99 just for the one, just for you. Sam was reminding me, was talking recently, and I remembered when I went to... Um, uh, a few of us went, we went to uh, Wembley and it was a day of prayer and there was about 40,000 people and I was absolutely convinced that it was only me God was talking to. Absolutely convinced. I just thought God, I just felt his presence and that's what God is like. You have his undivided attention any moment of any day. You don't have to go through anyone, you've got access to him through the blood, through the love, through the life that he's given you as believers. We have so much to live for people. We have so much to live for. We grapple and complain about too much, too many complainings in your hearts, in your minds. You don't even look at what you've really got, the privileged life that we live on a daily basis. That we can, if something's wrong with us now, we can go to a hospital. Hospital what? You go to some people's hospital, you ain't got money, you're dying there at the door. And yet we want to grapple and moan about the NHS. The NHS is great. Yes. The NHS is brilliant that we've got an NHS system. We've got a police system of fire, um, fire people, fire, fire men and women. We are privileged people. We are living in a privileged country. Let God wake us up. Let us, let us be woken up by the Spirit of God. What's really going on in this world, in our lives? The Lord said today, there's going to be people that come and people that are going to listen later on. That there are burdens upon you, and God wants to set you free today. Not one person that is here today that you've come in with a burden. You've come in feeling, do you know what? I'm terrified. I'm terrified. There's some people here, the Lord gave me that word, that some people here are terrified of certain situations that they're facing at the moment. You might look good in your clothes, your hair might be done, but you are terrified inside of what you're going back to, of what you're facing. A situation that you can't get out of. It might be monetary. It might be your, um, your husband, your wife. It might be what's happening with your children. It might be a health problem. God is saying, listen, it might be school friends. You might be in uni thinking, oh, I just can't cope. I've got to leave uni because I'm being bullied. Whatever, whatever situation. God said today, tell my people today that my anointing is present today. Before you leave here, 
You're not going to leave with burdens unless you want to. If you don't want to um, get prayer, then you will go away with it. But we have to choose. We have to choose. We have to say, God, God, I'm going to allow you to demonstrate your power through me. But we have to be inclusive in that. We have to co-mingle with the Spirit of God and say, yeah, I'm going to co-labor with you. I need help. You can give it to me. I'll give you my unrighteousness, my filth. Some of you involved immorally, sexual perversion, sin that's going on secretly that the Spirit of God sees. He says today, I can exchange them to you. You give me the filth, I will give you my righteousness. That will be your choice. Stand to your feet, people. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. 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 Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for the release of your spirit. We want to take time today to pray for you. We want to pray. We want to anoint you. We want to lay hands on you. And we want to make sure before you leave this place today that you are touched by God. Many of you already, you're touched by God and you know what's what and God has released you and you feel free. Might be others, but there's nothing wrong as in you. Might have no burdens, but you just want whatever God's got. You just want. You just want. It's good to be starving. It's good to be starving and full at the same time in the kingdom, if you know what I mean. It's good to be full of the, the love of God, knowing his passion, but also to be starving, hungry for more of what the king has got in store for you. Hallelujah. Just raise your hands. Holy Father. Holy living Father. Father, look at your people. Look at them. Look at them, Lord. Look at them. Look at your investment. Look at your beauty, Lord. I cry out on behalf of the people, Lord. Hear them. See them, Lord. Look at what they carry. May they be set free today under your anointing, under your grace, under your power, Lord. Not one of them, not one of them, Lord, to leave here, or not one of them under the sound of my voice, have to live another second being burdened by the enemy. Father God, wake your people up. Let them see, let them know. There is no sin, there is no darkness and force of evil, power that is above the cross, that is above the blood of Jesus. Amen. Do you not know that? There is no power of darkness that is above the cross, that is above the blood of Jesus. Amen. Jesus has sent, his, Father sent Jesus, his son, to set you free by his blood. And you think about the power of darkness that is stronger than the power of the cross. Father, by most spirit of lies and deception in the name of Jesus over your people. May your spirit be released upon your people, Lord God. May you set them free that they may set others free and never, ever be the same again in this area that they are grappling with and that they are challenged with. So Father, we thank you that today under your anointing that we will be here we will be open to you as ministers, the leaders, Lord. Let the leaders come forward. Leaders come forward. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, Patrick, Mitzi, Carly, Tina, the leaders, the ones that know leaders, and Nina, was, come forward. And we are going to pray for the people. We are going to pray. Opay, come forward. We're going to pray over the people. We are going to pray over the people. Hallelujah. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Can I have the worship team? If you could just lead the congregation into worship. Uh, if the Lord has spoken to you very clearly and you need prayer, can you come forward? I'm not going to be specific, but it's very clear that the Lord is working amongst us. So come forward. 
don't leave this place without being prayed for. We want the Lord to finish the work that this morning that he started in you already. So please come forward. We've got people who are going to pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And if the leaders, if you, uh, if you can just move amongst the people and pray. Sorry. 